Welcome back. Another edition of Bailey and Harper with a special, special guest. Episode 53, you know what we do. We start with the best to ever wear 53. Uh, You know what? I don't even know why. I was thinking about this earlier. Wes Durham is in the house, ACC Network, a voice of the Atlanta Falcons. We can do some grand introduction, but I, I know you hate those. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. 53. I appreciate you guys having me. If what, I, if what, what, what word association comes to mind if I say Bill Romanowski? Book. He wrote a book, <laughs> and it caused a problem. <laughs> um, he was a, he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player. Mean guy too. That's not my 53. Though. That's not your 53? No. Who's your 53? Daryl Dawkins. Oh, I love that. Maynard Evans High School, Orlando, Florida. He was the second player in NBA history to forego college. Uh-huh. The first was Bill Poodles Willoughby, who was taken by the Atlanta Hawks. Wow. Daryl Dawkins uh wore 53 for the philadelphia 76ers and later the nets and i got to meet him one time which was pretty unbelievable how about that he named his dunks too which he was so far ahead of his time with the sweatbands and the gold chains and everything he would have made can you imagine him in nil oh my god you just put me in a wayback machine Mm -hmm. like he retired when i was 10 years old but now that i'm looking at old (laughs) images of daryl dawkins i it comes flat sitting on mom and dad's floor looking up at the tv smashed two glasses one in kansas city at the municipal auditorium he named that dunk wow he then what do you name it oh god it's too long it's like (laughs) he dunked it on a guy named bill robenzine who uh played for kansas city this is before they went to sacramento Mm. and Cause that was part, like, part of the Kansas name City? of the dunk was Robazine crying. I remember that. That was part of the dunk. Wham, bam, I am slam or something at the end. All the names rhymed. I mean, he had chocolate thunder. Oh, he had all these other – he had all these dogs, but 53 is dog. There's no question who 53 is for that me. That is fantastic. All right, Roman Harper, put you on the spot. 53, what you got? I'm going Bill Romanowski. Are We're you kidding me? We're sharing Bill Romanowski, seriously? 2,000%. share Bill Romanowski with you? Yes. All well, right. first of all – it's this is like man. the first time I recognized anything close to Roman in football. Right, and as a young kid okay. who grew up watching and loving football, not only that, but he was on my favorite team in the San Francisco 49ers, okay? Hmm. And he was just the guy then. Now, he became the dirty, crazy guy when he got to Denver and Oakland, okay? Like, we can't control everything. But when he was with the 49ers, he was awesome. And so I was a big fan of his. And I was actually a big fan of him. And I know he did a whole bunch of dirty stuff and got even crazier. Like when he spit in the guy's face, like he did at some point. I don't even know about the book. There's no way I would have read a Bill Romanowski really? book. Oh, the book. <laughs> you probably need to read the book. Yeah, you should read the book. <laughs> you I should read the book. Having spent better than a decade in the league, you probably need to read the book. You ever heard of Jose Canseco's tell-all? Yeah. A little more colorful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. I, I, you know what? I don't know if I, I may need to look up a yeah, new hero. That, well, I need I'll, to look up I'll a new hero for Christmas. How about that? I'll okay. Get you a Romanowski book for Christmas. There you go. All right, so we got Wes. But he Durham. did it all, though. He did do it all. Yeah. He did it all. Mm-hmm. This will go down as the lame episode, though, where we have to share Bill Romanowski. I just want to put that on record, though. I feel uh, like I've already affected the podcast. You haven't? Um, okay. He, he did that. Yeah. Uh, okay. He definitely did that. So you've been a busy man lately. Uh, you've been calling a lot of games, staying busy on the road. Yeah, daily show on the ACC network, um, you know, and then uh, get to games at least once a week, sometimes twice, and then – you know, it actually calms down pretty much right now, which is fun. I mean, I may do an NIT game here or there, and then uh, I'm going to do four spring football games starting uh, in early What April. games? I'm doing Louisville, uh, Carolina, 
Wake Forest and Virginia. Those are the four schools I'll do. Last year I did five. Those are good ones. Or not. Yeah, we did five, but we did them all from home, looking at monitors. Uh, this year we'll get to go in, spend some time in production meetings with coaches, find out a little bit more. Maybe you get to see the walkthrough. I must ask you more about that. Yeah, it's it's a good time. I just had Mac Brown on, on the show. What did he say Thursday. to you, Kyle? Did I he talk Mac. to you yeah. about the way we're building <laughs> things at Carolina? Feeling really good about the way – you know, Sam Howell was Roman. If you don't know, Sam, I was fortunate <laughs> enough to have Vince Young. Had Colt McCoy, great football player. Sam Howell, I think, is going to be a terrific NFL quarterback for a long time, Roman. That's some Frank Caliendo stuff right there. That is amazing. That's I was not ready for that. Kyle, you didn't even tell me How that. How did I not know you could do that? Yeah, I was like, Kyle, you didn't well, even tell me that. I got to tell you, I started it when he coached at Carolina the first time. My dad was still doing the ball games and, you know, I just kind of kept listening. And you listening heard him and, a lot. Do I hurt Mac? You, no, no, you heard Mac. Oh, I heard Mac a lot. Oh, a absolutely. Lot. Yeah, man, he doesn't like the impression, so keep it in. Uh, <laughs> he's, he said one time, now, I think you're funny when you do the impression. <laughs> no, I just like doing it. It's easy you, you to do. You know what? The one thing I, I loved about what you did, your impression, was that, look, man, Mac Brown, man, he's not a great salesman, but he makes you want to buy everything. You know, he because nobody wants to be sold anything. Dude, they right? can flat recruit now. Dude, Carolina. he's man. Every time, I mean, he's Mariano Rivera. The fact that you brought up Sam Howell being a great quarterback in the NFL, just you know, because that's what he really wants well, you to you believe. Know, I mean, Not only staff. that, believe it, but that's how I get another great quarterback in North Carolina too. Is but look how look at his staff now. That's, I mean, they got a great staff. You know, yeah. that. I mean, Dre Dre's a recruiting machine. Yes. Big Pen, those guys. I mean, they they've put yeah. a staff together now. They've had some bad luck. They've had some injuries, some failed expectations. That's all part of that growing process. And, you know, people want to expedite kind of where they are. They're still pretty much on schedule. Last year, a lot of people looped them way up there because of the yep. way they finished the year before and maybe a little bit misguided at the time. So I, I brought that up just to say spring football is almost here, which is awesome. It's crazy. Um, it's already underway. At, we got four ACC schools already underway. Yeah, and yeah. I, I talked to Mac. I mean, I, wow. I joked, but I said, you know, I miss it so much I might drive out to Chapel Hill for the spring game. I'm not doing that. I'm too busy. <laughs> there's a lot going on. But I do love the idea of going to Your a spring game. Your wife would be like, you know what, Kyle? Hell no. Yeah, there's no way I can get away. <laughs> that's the point. There's no way I can that's, get away with that. That's affirmative. That's <laughs> the real issue here. That's the real problem. But you know, Kyle, of course you weren't going to go. But I was, yeah. no, I was aware of that. So so I didn't even commit yeah. to something. He's I told Mac a lie. Yeah, I'd like to come to see a game. I'm really not. But. Yeah. No, I did say I might. I did. I want to throw that out there. I did say I might, but yeah. I, I do miss it, man. I do. I, it's uh, four spring games. That's fantastic. I miss college football already. I do. It's you know what? It's it's second only to the NFL. I tell people all the time. I think the NBA and college football are in a heck of a race right now, because I think the impact college football is having. Uh, because there's enough news off the field that keep people kind of tagging. The recruiting plays a role in it. But the bigger piece is is that people know the games. And I think one of the values, and I'll say this because Roman's in this business now too, I think there's so much value in what is on television, and people can stay connected every week. Mm -hmm. But it's also in some places, not in this part of the country, but in some places it's called a drop in attendance. People don't want to spend that kind of money, that kind yep. of time investment. They got too many things going on in their families, mm -hmm. but they know they can watch games. It's true. They know they can step in, see a game early, go off in the afternoon, do things with your family, whatever, come back that night. You know, I mean, you know Mark Packer, you met my partner yeah, at the yeah. morning show. He starts at noon on Saturday and sits in a chair till midnight. 
He watches everything. All, every Saturday, he's got the best job in America. Kyle does too. Right? College football. I mean, it's it's, it's a twelve. It's a fourteen hour day if you watch some of the run up stuff. Yep. Sure. And if you get a late game from the West Coast, it can be twelve thirty, twelve forty five at night. And now that I'm in full dad mode, you know this. You drove by the house, Roman, a couple of times. I'm out there in the backyard you building are. a fence. I got game day on the phone hooked up to the Bluetooth. I'm working in the backyard, and then I'm done. I shower and I don't move from the couch from twelve to twelve, just like Pack. Because That's, I can't get enough of it. I, I think there are a lot more. I people. agree with that though. Like for those that love it. And yet the fact that you – it's just crazy because you're right, though. I, I, I guess I didn't want to really believe the numbers about how everybody's saying the attendance is dropping, but when the, ex, the experience of college football is even better on the couch. Can be. You know? And you know what else? <laughs> it's 12 steps to everywhere. Yep. It's true. It's 12 steps to the bathroom. It's 12 steps to the refrigerator. It's yep. 12 and, – and here's the other thing. You want to hear another funny story? More than half the people that sit at home and watch college football have a second screen open. Yep. Always. And, <laughs> it's and I, amazing, Roman. I it's said amazing. this, too. Like when your guy, Nick Saban, you know, was kind of many ranting at some of those Alabama students in the student section a couple of years ago. Stick around. You got to stay for the – Get better respect, Wi-Fi. Yeah, respect. get better Wi-Fi. <laughs> Seriously. That's the – I mean, that's the I answer. Mean, I hate to tell you, it's, it's get better Wi-Fi. My it, daughter went to Florida State. They weren't very good. But the real reason they left the game – no Wi-Fi. Yep. Wi-Fi wasn't great. Yep. And so the, I've heard that the biggest thing is that these older stadiums do struggle with containing and creating different ways because of the stone and it's hard the way they're all built. Yeah, we, we got hard. one of those in Blacksburg. It's very yeah. hard to try and it's, clean it up and get it back going. And I will legit. tell you this. Alabama has tried to improve their Wi-Fi because of that, though. They really have. Michigan State spent $200,000 seven years ago putting Wi-Fi in the stadium. It's crazy. It's crazy, but you have to. Like, that's, that's the thing. It's pennies on the dollar for Michigan State. It's pennies on the dollar. It's so much money in college football. That's the thing that that I would want to just continue to just talk about and, and peel back a little bit. Yeah, I, well, before we get there, though, because I, I bring that up because I miss it, but this is the first time in three years that March Madness feels like March Madness. And so I don't miss it as much because this – this well, and I'm – look, I'm biased. I had a pretty I'm good very nervous about my bracket, Kyle, because I don't know – about anybody that's going to win this thing. Yet. I don't know how you feel. I haven't filled mine out yet. But like I this, this has been awesome. Everything from watching the multicast with Coach K's final game, mm. you know, through the NCAA mm. or the yeah, ACC. That was fun. That was I, fun to do. I, I, I bet so. It was I, fun. I bet that was an adventure for you. But, like, this feels like the kind of thing we're normally accustomed to around March, yeah, right? and it's going to pay out because it also happens to be the most volatile year of college basketball. Right. Where any of 16 teams can win it, yep. except it, Alabama, because they're awesome. Jekyll and Hyde. Thousand yeah, yeah. percent. They're not – but they <laughs> They don't they don't stay Jekyll long enough to be great. <laughs> well, they you don't, don't. You just don't have or enough seventh year It's seniors. like I don't know either one. There's just they don't. They they're, don't. They, they, they're as talented as any team in the country. They but are you have definitely no idea what you're getting. No way could you count on them to win. No, because they hadn't been able to do it. It's you just don't have enough that, seventh year seniors. This is the oldest college basketball's ever well, been. Well, so that was a great point, Kyle. I heard you bring that up, and I need to take that into account when I'm doing my filling out my bracket in the next 48 hours about. These older teams are going to play better, and also the play of point guards, we all know, is the most important per position. And I agree. And in, in, in tournament time, if you got one of those, a difference maker, you don't have to be great. But Mateen Cleaves was great, and so it can happen. And then I love Auburn, but Auburn's so in. Uh, you can't say you love Auburn. How could you Stop. the say basketball that? team? You, no, 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 you can't. No, How no, can whoa, you say whoa, that? Whoa, absolutely. The basketball team. No, no. to delete that Roman. off the podcast episode. Roman, you cannot say that, Wes. What do I, I mean, do? Do I delete that? Or do no, I, you got to keep that. Do in. I keep that? I, oh I do. God. I do like their basketball team. You no, no. You got to like Nate Oates, man. Nate Oates can coach them up. Yeah. I love Nate Oates, but you can't. No, no. We can't say we like Auburn. We went. Well, I don't like them to win it at all. They're not going to win it. 
They're so no, inconsistent. Now, wait a second. You're They're con- not going to win at all. No way. Mixed messages. Here. No, we're not, we're not ganging up on you. you we just don't get it. You can't say you like it and then say they're not going to win at all. Yeah, it's this love-hate relationship. I got, I'm from Prattville, Alabama. I'm well it's, aware. It's, huh? it's closer to Auburn than it is. I, I grew up with a lot of Auburn around. It's okay. It's a love-hate relationship. Think, I was trying to think before today. Who's a I like Bruce Pearl, too. As much as he does everything else, he's, you know, the dude can coach and win. So, I just think it's competitive. He I like recruit. all of – he can definitely do that now. Right. He can get some boys. And however he gets them, that's his business. But <laughs> he gets them and he coaches them. I'm not mad. Like, they they play well even when they don't have the absolute best player. I just wish I could see the reaction of Alabama fans when they, A, hear you say you like Auburn, but then, B, double down and hear you say you like Bruce Pearl. I, dude, I, I mean, look, man, I like winners, bro. Like, I like winners. Oh, now I like winners. Now I like winners. That is the ultimate Alabama elite. Let me get my man. I mean, my. Let me get Stanford. Like, hey, let me get Stanford Stephen Van Pelt on the phone. Good God. Roman Harper likes winners. How about that? Like winners. That's okay. Yeah. Now we're I'm just sorry. dealing with winners. Wow. All right. That's where we are now. That's good. Okay. Well, my guys are winners. My guys are winners on Saturday. Can I glow? Our guy, David Teal. I saw, that was I saw him big. on your show a couple days ago. David comes on my show yesterday. First words out of his mouth were, How insufferable have you been? On the air, how insufferable have you been since sure. Saturday and uh, I didn't have a chance because no sooner than I went to bed and woke up Sunday morning I had food poisoning or something and so oh, I was on the God. mat for like 36 hours I didn't even get to celebrate and be insufferable um, but man I was proud of those guys like Mike Young Virginia Tech I mean it was so validating to beat Carolina and Duke in the semifinals and finals and I don't mean you know any disrespect but it wouldn't no, have been the same had it been any other way and here's the thing uh, 43 years 1979 was Virginia Tech's last conference championship in anything in basketball. What? 1979. They had Dale Solomon, Wayne Robinson, and Les Henson on the roster for Charlie Moyer. Could okay. I, can I just tell you some of the things that I've seen in Castle Coliseum growing up in the next Kyle, I'm about over. to be insufferable for you. I watched D'Angelo Hall win the dunk competition one Friday night on, on in, uh, Mid- Midnight Madness at Castle Coliseum. A football player won the dunk competition. No question. Uh, and, I, you know, I watched Emeka <laughs> Okafor and a couple of UConn teams just come in and blow the doors off. Emeka Okafor once blocked 20 shots in Castle Coliseum. Sure did. No that way. Did. Yes, that happened. Damn near. In the 19- he blocked 10, I can tell you that because I remember watching the game. He's not lying. <laughs> it was 90s. a 12 noon ESPN game at yes. Castle Coliseum and a Mecca Okafor blocked the first six shots of the game. And I think he had 12 when the game was over. Unbelievable. In the 1990s, that program that played awesome. in the Metro, the A-10, and the Big East, all in the same decade. That is all correct. Um, you know, the high, and, I, and I mean this respectfully because I love my alma mater, but, I mean, there's a limited basketball history. I joke with people that, uh, A, all my friends were Virginia Tech football fans and either Duke or Carolina fans in basketball growing up. Just like Roman, who apparently is an Alabama football fan and an Auburn basketball fan. There you go, which needs out. further investigation. Because, but, but above <laughs> Of all, I like winners. <laughs> That's it. I'll never be invited back on this you know show I mean? again. No, you're bottom line you're equation. Bottom line, me, I like winners. Like that's what it is. That's okay. all it equates that. to. All right. Nothing wrong with that. But then, time. Well, and, and because it turned when Frank Beamer was able to kind of build it. Right. That's mm. there's an important lesson there and patience for a lot of things. Absolutely. But, See the, the how thing long were they patient with Frank about? I don't know. Oh, he the, was six years in. He had six a losing years record. in, and he had yeah. a losing record. Oh, okay. Mike Shishovsky, three years in at Duke, was uh, thirty-seven and forty-four. Right, right, right. I yeah. So that. I mean, there there is some value there that we don't get these days for mm-hmm. sure. Here's the thing, though. Virginia Tech, and I give Whit Babcock, the AD, a lot of credit. When Buzz Williams left after a Sweet Sixteen run, yep. Elite Eight run, Sweet yep. Sixteen, sure, yeah, lost to Duke. Um, they sh- they hired the right guy because. The right guy 
should have gotten the Georgia job twice. He should have been hired. I think Auburn tried to hire him one time. I tried to get Georgia Tech to hire him one time. Uh, I think Tennessee talked to him one time. And this guy just stood there and kept winning games at Wofford. Well, he's a coach at Wofford. Well, you know what? He's a coach, and he wins. Mm-hmm. I like winners. A lot. Yeah. And, and here's the deal. Roman, I'm telling you, he is part of – he and Tony Bennett at Virginia – Mm. whoever Louisville hires and some he's one of the new faces of the ACC with Shashevsky mm. and Roy Williams retiring and all this other stuff. Yeah. Mike Young is going to be kind of the face of the conference when it comes to basketball and good for him yep. and good for Virginia Tech because when Virginia Tech's good their fan base is engaged like I they agree. are in football talk about and that. all that counts. I'll take you to a game one day but I tell people all the time Castle Coliseum's like Cameron Indoor just without all the history. You know, it's old, it's loud, and when you pack that place full of rowdy people, True. it's really hard to play. I did the Carolina it. game in there this year, and it was it was spectacular until they hit 424 from three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a great environment. And they couldn't so, guard Amanda Baycott with a militia. <laughs> so, I mean, you go through all that but as it's a program. A great place. Then you get Seth Greenberg in. They make the transition to the ACC. And, you know, Seth did a good job. You know, Seth and I are friends, but like Seth made one NCAA tournament, got screwed out of one, and possibly a third. But you get to the ACC, and that's the whole I mean, nobody knows it better than this guy. It's the holy no, grail no. of college basketball. And so it is all about basketball. And I grew up Southeast. It's, it's, yeah, but I mean, it, the thing is, it's the tradition of basketball, it's the emergence of football now. Right. Yeah. The, the league, really when cool. it first started in the 1950s, Believe it or not, when the league was born in 1953, Roman, they won a national championship in football the first year the league was in existence. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, Who it, was it? Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, long and short of it, like, you get into this conference, a guy like Bill Brill, like former Roanoke Times sports writer, I mean, <laughs> just trashes Virginia Tech the day they get into the ACC. They have nothing well, to offer but football. Yeah. He was a Duke grad. He was a Duke grad. <laughs> I mean, the most elitist guy in the world. And, you know, rest his soul. I, I don't hate Bill. It's just funny to constantly reference Bill I Brill. I love Bill Brill. But, he was you know, awesome. he said that, you know, they offer nothing but football. Well, we walked into the first year of the conference and proceeded to win four of the next seven football ACC championships. But in basketball, yeah. no one ever expected anything from Virginia Tech Never. basketball. They, so to do that on Saturday night that was, was really – Not only that, but who you beat. That well, matters. Mike Young used the best word. It was gratifying. And, like, as an alum, I'm not ashamed to say it, I was standing there watching that TV and a tear rolled down my face because I know what it means having grown up there too. Well, it that should program. have been after you went and watched, you know, Quentin Nottingham and Wally yeah. Lancaster and Bimbo Coles' kids. We paid our dues. Bimbo we really Coles. did. <laughs> Bimbo Coles played in the – Olympic team in 88 and was like the NCAA record holder for three-point shooting, but he couldn't guard this table. I mean, seriously. Now, Bimbo and I used to co-host Virginia Tech men's basketball pre- and post-game together. But he's a good dude. Awesome. I'm tell on him that no, but I'm I just like, kidding. I like Bimbo. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a yeah. great guy. He's a really Wally good Wally Lancaster, good guy. Quentin Nottingham, all Absolutely. Can I just throw this out there, and this is completely off-subject? My favorite college basketball team is actually the University of Kentucky. Really? Yeah. I, you – what? <laughs> it just gets worse. It's just like, it just, just gets worse. I have to edit these things out of the <laughs> podcast to save you from people. You realize this, right? He doesn't care. It's more work for me. <laughs> he doesn't care. Yeah. Going you haven't even looked at a bracket and you're picking Kentucky. I'm not. No, no, no. Not to actually win it, but it's like grow, growing. Like, I just really like Kentucky Wildcat basketball. That's yeah. all I'm saying. All right. Yeah, anyway, all right. so that was – I'm putting a bow on it. I'm proud of the Hokies. I'm Thank proud of you. Mike Young. I interviewed Mike Young in Minneapolis at the Final Four the day that he interviewed for the Virginia Tech job. Right. And I didn't know it. And at the time, I asked him that day, what's it going to take for you to leave Wofford? And he gave me an answer about, well, you know, it's going to be about the right opportunity at the right time, coming along with the right resources. And he had a very in-depth answer. Little did I know, hours earlier, he had interviewed for the job. 
So, you know, it, it just the whole thing came full circle. Proud of those guys. And I do want to move on to a couple things here because we don't want to. Wes says he has nowhere to be. I don't know if I believe him. He's too busy a man, but uh, I certainly do. I've got it's a wife. lot easier right now than it was. Yeah, you're two all weeks over ago. the place. Can, can I ask you a question about your setup sure. right now? Because you have you call so many high profile games for the network and you have and you, you know, you're the voice of the Falcons. But you're also in a position weekday mornings to have to give your opinions on things. Mm-hmm. How do you walk that rope? Because it's not easy to do. No, I, well, first of all, a good question. I, I think you have to have a degree of philosophy going in. I'm not in the hiring and firing business, okay? Um, it's not my job, and there are plenty of people who want it to be their job to tell you, you know, I think this guy's not very good, I think this guy's great, whatever. I, I think it's really important. What we do is I jokingly tell people we're the hard rock cafe of the ACC. We love all and serve all. It's our job to talk about every institution – um, I think a lot of people, when the ACC network was launched, who hadn't heard our show on SiriusXM at the time, I think a lot of people thought we were going to be like Paul Feinbaum of the ACC. That was never going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No one should try to replicate. Well, no, I mean, it's an acquired no taste. Way. A, it it's an acquired taste. But yes. B, he's got his own deal, okay? thousand I mean, percent. He's part fight promoter. He's part Thou- yes. Uh, yes. journalist. He's part antagonist. And Paul's got... I mean, he's got he's had great success. He has doing a following. It. That's it. He's got a following. Some of his following is built into call. Some yes. of his following happens on site. Yes. Right. For us, I do games. I'm the one that goes to these campuses. I'm the one that has friendships with coaches that end up being cell phone conversations or text messages or things like that. I pull for everybody to win. Right. And even though you know, I grew up with my dad doing Carolina. I mean, it's really funny when I do something. And somebody will come off, like when Mark and Debbie Antonelli and I did the curtain call Mm -hmm. thing the night of the Duke-Carolina game, a Duke fan couldn't help himself after the game. Well, I'm sure you're happy Carolina won. I I just wanted a good game. I wanted a terrific environment. Yep. And we got that. So that's all part of it for me. I worked 18 years at Georgia Tech. If I'm invested, I'm in their Hall of Fame, for heaven's sakes. They put me in the Hall of Fame by mistake (laughs) on a moment of weakness through the committee. I mean, so – while I've got what I have is ACC history. That's what I'm. That's what I love is mm-hmm. being a part of the league. So winning and losing doesn't move the needle for me. I'm thrilled for Mike Young. He was a GA at Radford my first year out of college, and I was doing the games at Radford. He was a graduate assistant for Oliver Purnell. We got to know each other. I knew his dad, met his mom. You know all those things. So that's the difference for me. Opinions about things is not hard. If if mistakes are made, for instance, I'll give you a, a small argument. This week, the ACC has four t- – they have eight teams in the women's tournament, of which four of them are five seeds. Well, if you're seeded one through four, you get to host. So that basketball oh, committee – none of them got to host. I, heard, I saw you in PAC talking which, about that this This morning. basketball committee, which, by the way, is chaired by Duke's athletic director. They have two number ones in the ACC, Louisville and NC State. They have four number fives. How in the world do they have four number fives and not one of those five be a four? How, did, how does that happen? Yeah. So, I mean, that to me, that's an opinion. I don't think that's right. I think those teams are better than mm. some of the four seeds. Right. So, I'll say something like that. I think one – and I'll share this with you guys. I think one of the biggest arguments right now in all of college football is what is perceived to be – that Jim Phillips, the commissioner of the ACC, is stopping the expansion of the college football playoff, and nothing could be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. Jim's not stopping the expansion of the college football playoff. 
what he wants the Power Five commissioners and others to do at that table is to get our arms around what college football is. Because if we don't get our arms around college football now and then we expand the playoff, we run the risk of college football pulling the Thelma and Louise, just going off the cliff at high speeds, and then we can't control it at all. We won't be able to control NIL. We can't control the portal. We can't I agree. control recruiting. I agree. Right? I agree. That's all Jim Phillips wants, and everybody thinks, well, the ACC is against the expansion of the playoff. Mm-mm. Nothing is further from the truth. I didn't. No. I would not think the ACC – I think the ACC is on board with the SEC. I think – I think if anybody's slowing down college football playoffs, it's the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12, which now is, I don't even, it's it's kind of going to, everything is kind of changing. Well, and also, I mean, you've and seen also sure. there people want, oh, I've seen that, people yeah. want automatic bids. And I don't think, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's not, that's a big, there's part of the mechanics. Right, of the right, right. That's itself. yes. Yeah. It's like some mechanic. I think the ACC is on board and not only that, but to them, they're good because Clemson can't go anywhere. So like nobody, nobody's leaving the ACC right now. I don't think the ACC is worried about getting picked off or anything. They're no. in a very comfortable. Well, the Grant deal, pretty. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the that, TV that's deal. A, they're, I think they're locked in. They're that very strong. That might be the best thing position. John Swafford did. For I this yeah, I think, I think for it was ten huge. years you're fine. Yeah, I think for right. ten years everybody's fine. The problem is, I don't think that long. Well, <laughs> I don't think that, that long. Roman, I'll add this: yeah. if we don't get our arms around the portal. Yes, and, and NIL. Wes, more and more people like me and you need to talk about that. So, I'm the NIL. I have my own opinion about that. I'll go into that. But the transfer portal, talking to people that are close to these campuses and these coaches, the the people that are actually experiencing mm-hmm. it, because the young men, they're making terrible decisions, and it's terrible in the fact of you're not graduating. Correct. A lot of these people are not yep. graduating. There were 1,400 kids in the portal in December. There's only that, so many Justin Mutz out there who go from High Point to Delaware to yeah, Blacksburg but, and but, still end up with a degree. Okay, it, it, Justin it, Mutz it, is going to get three degrees. And he's getting three, He's getting exactly. two grads and yeah. an undergrad. Right. We're talking about kids yes. in 85 scholarships in yeah. football. Here's the biggest concern I have. Yep. If a kid walks off on a Power 5 scholarship and thinks he's going to land at an FCS – they have fewer scholarships available, so that might not happen. He yep. may want to go Power 5 to G5. Fine. What then happens when he goes through the portal, the semester ends, and there is no landing spot for him? Right. Yep. He's then walked off on a scholarship. Right. Right? Yes. And the, the bottom line is he's going to play football and have nothing for it. Nothing. So, so that's one big thing for me that I have a huge issue with because I always look out for the players first. And so, and also, I want to look out for just making a smart decision. They, you can't have free agency 365 days out of the year. That's why it's called free no. agency free agency frenzy. You can't have it. It's impossible to have. I had Dave so Dorn now, the what they Dave need Dorn to do is somebody I, just tell us how we're going to do this. Thank and we'll you. All be fine. Thank you. That's all they're asking. So here we go. Let me offer the NCAA a little bit of advice here. No, wait a second. So, be careful, because when you talk to the NCAA, you got to understand. They have to be listening. So. They, that's the biggest problem. <laughs> it's important. That's the biggest problem. And, and I just hate that they've just thrown their hands up like, oh, well, we can't do oh, anything. Oh, they didn't just throw their hands up. They, they turned off all the Wait, lights. Yeah. They dropped all Roman, the Roman, they took a 9 butt whipping <laughs> at the Supreme Court. Yeah, the which they road, should have. The, right. The worst road loss they could have taken was 9 nothing at the Supreme Court. Well, then what happened is they washed their hands and backed off yep. and said, well, we'll just let the states handle it. So then you get Alabama, Florida, California, Oregon, Arizona, Illinois, New York, click NIL laws just like that. Well, yeah, because Alabama wasn't going to be behind California. 
No. In yeah, Mississippi, you can't lose to Alabama. It's, it's like, and turn, it, turn so, it on right now. But after they we, took that butt whoop and they said, well, you know what? Screw it. Everything's on so the table So my biggest now. thing, I was, this was like behind handing out the free year for the pandemic. Yes. Right. Correct. And by the way, they didn't ask any of the member institutions when they handed out the free year, is it okay yep. if we tell you that everybody can come back and play a year on the house? Did anybody at the NCAA offer anybody any scholarship assistance? No. They strapped these schools financially mm. on the scholarship deal by, mm. here, have a free swing on the house. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. That's another great point that I didn't even think about. But yes, that's because I'm a, I, I hate to say it, but I'll go to a, a high up school that that's not an issue. So um, it's like a guy setting his house on fire and blaming it on the house. Yeah, like that's what they've done. Here. Right. What were you doing staying on fire? Well, and and all they have to do is treat the portal like Premier League soccer. Yes. Have transfer it's not windows. Hard. It's not hard. You talk about free agency. I, you and I both know the league year in the NFL starts tomorrow. Yep, yep, right. Yes. OK, so it's open. Yep. And then guess what? It's closed. Yes. <laughs> That's it. In the NCAA, it's 7-Eleven. We never close. Never it's QT. Right. It's a huge problem. It's sheets. We go they, in there and get a sandwich and a bag of chips and a fountain drink, and we can do it anytime we want. And they're to. out here thriving on the chaos. Like, they're just pointing at it oh. saying, see, see, we told you so. Well, it's how about a, you help? Yeah. <laughs> you do something. And put some kind of parameters on it. They need three weeks after the regular season. I think a three-week window after the regular season, and then maybe, or your bowl game. You guys discussed that. I'm not choicey either way. And then three weeks after spring training, open closed door windows, and then it's done. It's well, locked in. I so think that's what they need to do. They need to put they need to put some kind of parameters. And once you do that, then it, it it will start to set some things in place. Do you I, keep recruiting in December? Do you allow early signing day to stay in December? Because to me, the portal windows being open and closed impact when recruiting impact I, the high school. No, yes, I don't think 100%. I don't think they all like the early signing period anyway. It needs to be moved. Because it puts pressure on coaches, and then the 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 well, recruitment cycle point, it coaches, messes up. Coaches getting fired. Yeah, October right, 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 right. right. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. It, it it they need to move that. Just stop it. Move it. Put it right back. Okay. Put it back. All right. We'll all do the big drum roll on signing day. All right. Well, Let's do it. Or to, make it two in uh, one in January if you want to do two signing days. Whatever. I don't care. Move it. Move it. Yeah. Stop making it hard. Move it. Well, to his because the people involved don't like it either. Coaches hate it. Right they now. hate it. Like, dude, I can't even prepare for a bowl game because right. I got signing day. Like, it's it's a lot. So move it. it nobody loves it. And then the it just and then I think after spring training would be good too because okay. players get their you know just yeah, think. Malusi left Clemson last year after the spring game to go to Wisconsin. Right, right, right. Yeah, Jameis Winston. I mean, uh, Jameis Jameson Williams showed up at Alabama after. Spring. Ohio State spring game. Yeah. 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 I mean, so nobody's like, opposed to players moving. Just put a couple of guardrails in. Just a little bit. And to his point, their high school coach is screaming about this right now, saying it's hurting their kids. It's hurting recruiting. Well, so because, he, because if these transfer kids, you fill the portal because you got so many lazy coaches that can't recruit. So they're, they miss out on a kid from two years earlier, and now they want, like still have this, this lover with them, and they try and go get them. So that takes away from a high school prospect. Right. Well, and so then – Because they don't like – you know, if I lose three guys to the portal, they should do it where it's almost like you get – the way you get it in the NFL. If you have a guy that you drafted, they leave in free agency, you get a pick, a compensation, mm -hmm. compensatory pick. Can I get a compensatory um, scholarship? I lose my best player to Alabama because he wants to go get on TV and be better. Why are you talking about Jameer Gibbs at Georgia Tech? I mean <laughs> – 
I would have said LSU's cornerback, but yeah. Or I, but you lose to a better program. Right. Like, you should be able to get something off of that. Maybe right. I get an extra scout. Like, something. They could be so much more creative than just doing uh, nothing. I, they should put you on the rules committee. I like it. You should be on the rules committee. Now, but, these, are, these are things I'd be, but I'd be I'll say I'd this. about. All this, you still got to find a way to control NIL. Yes, what he just said. And let's stop right there for one second, because I think you could bring it out broader to that. Because there, the issue with the, at the heart of all of this, and it's not always necessarily a bad thing, is that there's a lot of money out there. Right. And these athletes know there's a lot of money out there, mm-hmm. these handlers and agents and everybody else. I'm sure you do too. I know people personally who've quit their jobs and have gone into the NIL collective business, like mm-hmm. a couple of, of close friends who have done that, because there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of money to be made. And so you see it across sports. So we brought it up before the show, and I'm not trying to pivot too hard here, but like Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman are going to ESPN you know, and making, what, a combined $30, $32 million together to go do Monday Night Football next year. Which is just south of what Roman and I get from Obviously, ESPN. right. Ten I mean, that's just, clearly – Just a, a touch south. Yeah. Hashtag goals. That's my ass for <laughs> contract. Hashtag goals. I mean, that's the kind of, <laughs> there's people are just throwing money around in sports, and I'm not sure they know what they're throwing it at most of the time or if it's even worth it. Like, John, you see John Skipper on with Levitard like two weeks ago? I heard about John it. John Skipper said, I don't think there's an analyst in the industry that's worth $18 million. And I guess you, you are worth what the market says you're worth, but it's like there's this race – to just throw money at everything in sports right now. And again, it's not always a bad thing because some very deserving people are out there getting paid on multiple levels. I think that the the thing you have to look at with value in sports is timing is one, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, and it so happens that Tony Romo kind of moved the needle a little bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. But Tony was a different guy. Tony has a, you know, he's a little bit of a, um, I, I have people that were former teammates with him, and they, they're like, dude, he's not like a cool guy. He's like, he's kind of quirky a little bit. He's a little different. He's and, like, and that shows up on the air. Yeah, yeah. He's not like. The thing that makes him interesting on the air is he's not scared to miss. In other yeah, yeah. Words, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like when he calls something on the air, it's because he's watched tape. Thousand percent. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. he sees, he knows base packages, he knows box safety. He, knows he also knows quarterback count. Like, that's it. He knows yeah. it all. He it was knows different. Formation. And so people that don't know that stuff, they were like, they love it, right? Like some people, some people love listening to Tony Romo because of that same reason. Mm-hmm. And so some people that know ball, like, I don't care to listen to Tony Romo because I know ball. And so when I see things happening on the field as well from the opposite perspective, that's it. Like, I don't need to know what Tony Romo's uh, saying because I, I understand what's happening. Well, too. And I think the other thing too is people got caught up in the fact that he was able to say, "Oh, they're going to run it here." <laughs> throw it That's here. so good. Well, personnel packages will tell you, you know, <laughs> more often than not, what they're going to do. Especially the know. NFL, right? I mean, cause <laughs> Chris Collinsworth say, I've, "I've been doing that for years." Well, <laughs> and, but Roman, you know this. It comes down to matchups in the NFL. Schemes, schemes are just a sliver of the pie. Yeah. And he he already meets with all the coaches, and they talk about what they're going to do in production meetings. So. To him, he knows what he would do if he's a quarterback. That's when he correct. sees these looks and when he sees these things, he sees the check because mm-hmm. he knows from the film what they're going to check to, what they're looking at. That's he's it. seen practice. So he should be able to call his shot. Right. And so, and he's going to be correct on a lot of those. And when he's right, he's right. And I'm not saying he shouldn't make anything. You're going to make whatever anybody wants to pay you. I mean, the biggest deal is that I'll just flat out say it is if you're a quarterback, especially a white quarterback, and if you play for the Dallas Cowboys, that matters. No. <laughs> oh, the marketplace is definitely geared to the bigger franchise. <laughs> yeah, that, the, the, heritage, that the heritage teams of the league. Yes, I mean yes, that no matters. Doubt. And I think that you know Jerry always takes care of his boys. But and and Tony, and that's what I've Tony heard. benefited from the fact that Tony had a lot of 
moments of failure too. Yeah. People wonder. But I thought he was. Tony. I thought Tony's really good. People love listening to Tony. I Momo. think he like, does a nice I job. Think I think he too. and Nance. And here's the other thing too. I will tell you. I think the chemistry combinations Correct. are really important. I agree. I think Tony Romo's really good with Jim Nance. Yep. Doesn't mean Tony Romo would be great with Mike Tirico. Doesn't mean Tony Romo yeah. would be great with Joe Buck. Right. He's really good with Jim Nance. I agree. Jim Nance's voice is just soothing yeah, and it goes it's, it's silky. Just, yeah, it it's is. That's all you're looking for. <laughs> I hear Jim, I hear the Masters. I mean, every you single know, time. But no, that's the thing. Like he, Tony's very good at being self deprecating the right way at the right time. Mm -hmm. Correct. He punches at himself, like going to a break, you know, a little quip about, uh, you know, a dropped hold or, you know, something along those lines. He He's very, very effectively self-deprecating. Mm -hmm. So not to come across as, I mean, look, he's, in a, he's a you know, good-looking guy. He was a Cowboys quarterback. You know, well, he makes a lot of money, but he, he punches back the other direction well. On he was unique the same way Gruden was unique when he worked with Tarico. Yes. Okay? Yes. But when I say combinations, Roman, it's like when Tarico left and Sean McDonough moved in, the chemistry and the combination was not the same. Mm. It was different. Yeah. And it, it that's what sells. That's what works. Yeah, I agree. Madden and Summerall had that combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al Michaels and Madden had that combination. They're all at different levels. And as somebody who tries to do it at a high level, I try to do it at a high level, yeah, whether yeah. it comes across or not, you've got to have that combination. You've got to be able to have that degree of chemistry. And you know when it hits, and you know when it doesn't, and what you have to work on to get it to hit. Yeah. yeah. No, and really I think good, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman need each other. I think that's the point Agreed. of the whole deal. <laughs> if one guy goes, the other guy had to find a way to go. And that's why it broke my heart that, that Aikman left, because I knew Buck had to go with him. And I people in, like here in Charlotte, you know, I don't know how much you pay attention to this, but like – Joe Buck is not a well-liked man among Panthers fans for the most part. Now, fans tend to, you know, hate announcers for random Whatever stupid reasons, reasons. But, like, they will tell, a lot of Panthers fans will tell you, we don't like Joe Buck. Well, I'll tell you right now, Joe Buck, when I hear his voice, that's Major League Baseball's postseason. To me, Joe Buck, I, can't I believe, agree. I can't believe he gave up the I World Series. I can't either. And it broke my heart because I knew he'd have to, right? Because, I mean, let's be honest. Where, where's the money and, and where, which league is trending in what direction? And, I mean, I was hoping that they'd let him do both. But the fact that Joe Buck is not going to be calling. Now, I don't know who gets it at Fox, Joe Davis. Maybe I'm not sure who's going to get that, but without Joe Buck on the playoffs, it's not going to be the same, and I'm going to miss it. And I'm going to be sad. And somebody made the funniest joke, and I, I'm not going to try to recite it, but it was a joke. Basically, John Smoltz in the booth by himself during the playoffs, talking to himself, mm -hmm. and it just made me sad all over again. But it was hilarious. Who are they going to get to do this? Joe Davis. You think Joe Davis? Yeah, yeah he's makes terrific. Sense. He's really good at baseball, and he's the voice of the Dodgers. And I think yeah. he's got a huge future. Imagine becoming the voice of the Dodgers at 27 years old. Timing. Yeah, no, I just – And he's – you know, he's, he worked at ESPN for a while and then found a, an avenue at Fox that clicked. He's and good. Yeah, he is good. He's Who got some Joe, Joe Davis. Davis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does very He good. does a nice job and doesn't do the NFL, ironically. Does not do – Right. He's done one or two games a year, but mostly does college football when the Dodgers are done. And he used to do a pretty decent basketball broadcast, which he's no longer involved with, period. But I think he's the kind of guy that can go in and, and – I think he'll end up being the baseball announcer, and I think Kevin Burkhart will get the football side. Um, that makes sense for yeah. Fox. The question is, Roman, you'll like this story. Is then what does Fox do to match the analyst? What do you what do you match with? Everybody's talking about Greg because Greg obviously is a, is terrific. I had a chance he did three or four Falcons games and had a chance to talk to he and Kevin this year, and uh, he's really got a feel for it. He understands kind of the measures and everything that you need to do, and I think he understands it. Are he and Kevin going to be plugged in as that group? Yeah, I mean, but there are also a lot of people that want to hear from other people. Mm -hmm. When Brady was on the market, 
he was it was a big deal in the industry. Now it's like the hottest name. Like which yeah, that, and that's uh, to me. I feel like I, I'm witnessing this where it's not like like what I brought up about earlier. It's not sometimes about who's always the best, but who's the hottest name and who do what what do people maybe want to hear? And I think people are willing to, you know, throw money at a wall to to find the next best one because nobody thought Romo was going to be what Romo was right. or has yep. become. So because I think of that, Sean now they had some people thinking he might be that next best. Well, Sean yeah, they would have been interesting if he took the bite, and so would Brady. Yep. But see, Brady's too good at business. Now you know these cats <laughs> that make a lot more money yeah. than what they get paid for playing football. Yeah, Brady's one of them dudes. No doubt. Right. Brady so Brady, is his own. Brady was being, as I understand it, TV would take too much time from away from what he needs oh, to yeah. do. But Brady was also one of those guys who said, "Well, if I'm going to get involved in this, I want to be all the way involved." Well, nobody's going to give you a piece of the action. There was only one place that might give you a piece of the action. That was Thursday night. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're new. They can do anything. Thursday night, they can they can say, oh, you want 7%? Okay, we'll give you 7%. Well, 7% of that is <laughs> that's a lot that's of, a lot of 7%. <laughs> that's the biggest no 7% doubt. you can get. So, I, I think – and I, I don't think he now – if he – you know, he's going to – That's pull. what I wrote down I wanted to talk about. I said, Tom Brady really coming back? Oh, yeah. LFG. Real quick, last thing on that, though, because I love Al Michaels, and I love mm-hmm. Kirk Herbstreit. You know who I like? That is very strange, and I don't know if it's oh, just oh, a oh, cognitive yeah. dissonance that I just can't see it, and I, I mean, they're the both Thursday pros, night. and they're both fantastic, but I just cannot imagine but what I, that looks like. I also think, too, you have to realize that Amazon's getting in this to do a different broadcast, too. It's true. It's a good point. Amazon is going to be a completely different digested broadcast than anybody's ever seen in the National Football League, but it's really important that the league go there because that side of the house is rapidly moving and they're not there. They can't be old and stayed and just say, well, yeah. we're going to be this or that, you know, on the, on the you know, Tiffany networks of, you know, television. You've got to go to something like Amazon because that's where everybody sub 35 is digesting. Yep. I mean, my son works as a GA at Clemson in basketball. He doesn't own it. He owns a television, but it's a stream, right? Yeah. Which is basically like holding your phone. It's True. a big phone. And that's the way this is going to be. And so I think it's a really smart move by the NFL. The product then has to compete with that short attention span syndrome too. And I think it will. And I think trusted voices are a part of that. I I think that's where – and Fred Goodelli going as a producer, that's a big deal because the league trusts Fred Goodelli as the producer. Mm. And I think that's important. Man, I don't think enough people ask that question or find out who the producer is enough either. Um, now that I've seen the TV side of it, those, big do, those do matter. Yeah, <laughs> those, it really does. Well, you got to be thinking too matter. about the Amazon thing because you're right. They're going to be different in, in part because they can be different and mm-hmm. you should be looking to always be different you know, to an extent. But sure. then on top of that, you know that the gambling component of those broadcasts is going to yeah. be enormous. Uh, you, know, you see so many naming rights deals on stadiums across the country already. You know that's coming to this, which makes me – I just want to get your quick take on this. You are the voice of the Atlanta Falcons. That doesn't mean much in this conversation, just that you are, but uh, Atlanta <laughs> Atlanta Falcon Calvin Ridley's out for the year yeah. for placing a $1,500 parlay bet that did include the Atlanta Falcons. Um, real quick, when I saw the news come down that day, I said, now that's a zero-tolerance policy. That is. Um, there's yeah. no question about that. And it might seem excessive if you want to juxtapose it to domestic violence, suspensions, and things like that. But you are talking about the integrity and the heart of the game here. So I don't I, think it was an overreaction. I'll ask 41. I'll tell you right now. That's the one thing. You're told in this league you cannot do. There's no it's, doubt. It's the number one it thing, is isn't it? The number one. You 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 cannot bet on your own team, not your own. Like, first of all, I never gambled on NFL while I was in the league. 
I'm, of course, I bet college because, like, you know, I bet on my own team. Well, he's I in the locker room. Yeah, everybody bets that. Right? <laughs> Trust me. Um, yeah. I, got pulled to like the side. I got pulled to the side on Wednesdays during open yeah. locker room. Hey, look here. Do you think you can cover this weekend? <laughs> what? It's, 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 what are you talking about? I don't even know the number. Oh, my God. <laughs> everybody bets college. Oh, man, like, I'm telling you now. Yeah, but the fact that he did it on his phone, on the app with his name. Like, I mean, if you want to bet NFL, like, I think it's smarter ways to do like, that. Like, bro, was your fan do <laughs> handle C. Ridley 18? Like, how do, you, how do you get caught doing that? You, you deserve to be suspended just for getting caught. The, yes. And so I'm not mad at the year suspension. I do – I 100% expect the NFL Players Union to step up and fight for it and try and get it reduced, hopefully down to 10 games, all right, or something. But for this young man – to bet $1,500 to lose $11 million this year is bananas. But I understand that you must set a precedent because I don't think the NFL has really ever had this before. We've never had, like, a player get it's caught. It's the one thing that can compromise the entire business Right, 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 right. And you, so, so at that point, you're like, I mean, that's... Right, right, and it's way too easy and simple. Like, bro, you, so you got to, like, stiff, hard, early. Right. I agree. So I understand the punishment. I respect the call on the year suspension. Now, I would like for the – because you got to set some kind of standard. And the fact that you bet on your own team is even worse. You cannot allow that to happen. Even if you're not an active member of the team. You're still exactly. connected to the team. Right. Yes. Yep. You can you know things, you have anything else. I mean, you, you can get that fixed in so many different ways, and you, yeah. you do that. I mean, but it's the number one thing. Yes. That's the deal. Yes. I mean – And I know you went to Alabama, but he's from Florida. Yeah, Coconut Creek. Right? <laughs> South yeah, I'm from Alabama. Let's make that Just say yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm mean, the Auburn Tigers. You can't. The thing about it, and everybody was kind of caught up in this last week, and I just said, it's the number one thing they tell them. It's like, welcome to the organization. It's so true. Don't bet on your team. The, a thousand percent. It's like failing a drug test at the combine. It's the one thing percent. you know you it's can't. So you know what it's coming. He's I like, love it's that. just so simple. It's yeah. so simple. I couldn't believe it. I now, really couldn't. I got what one got? more thing that we, we got to dive on because I want to know your opinion. Randy Gregory leaving the Dallas Cowboys, going to the Denver Broncos. And the only reason I bring this up is because I have this opinion that, you know, the Cowboys are probably really hurt about this emotionally. This guy, Randy Gregory, was suspended multiple times yes. under your watch. You continue to invest in this young man, all right, when nobody else would. Nobody else cared. He was, he was a throwaway player at one point. Mm -hmm. And the Cowboys would look at him and it's like, man, you just, you just keep these guys around. And he comes back, has a pretty good year or so, and then he leaves on the first chance he can and goes to Denver, Colorado. Let's not think about that. No, I know what you're saying. <laughs> so I know what you're saying. <laughs> and so this is so good to me and so and just just compelling to me when I see these little things happen in free agency in the NFL. I just want to know you Apparently guys. Apparently he verbally agreed to stay in Dallas. Right. That's and what I heard. All of a sudden he <laughs> didn't like some piece of the financials in the contract. Uh-huh. And just like that, Denver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't you feel a little bit hurt just because you put time and effort absolutely into this, into this man and your organization? Which, okay, but Roman, if you invest that much, don't you think you got to be able to take that last step across the bridge? I thought two thousand percent. That's okay. a great call. I mean, so if you take the last step, he doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, at the and you you've been in this room. I've never been in this room. Well, not to this extent. How how broad could that step be? It's, hey, it's look, hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars in guaranteed money. Is it another year? Right. I mean, what piece goes beyond the last step? So that's a great question. And it has to be a personal thing. But for me, 
I just uh, being a hundred percent, it's got to be two million plus because it's gonna take you a million dollars to move. You know what I mean? By the time you pack up some stuff, selling this, it's like the taxes, like everything that you do, like all said and done. By the way, he's going from no state tax to right. state tax. Exactly. So all these things add up. So it has to be a couple million dollars for me to go from one place where I'm comfortable. I already got a house. I'm already settled. Already got a barber. Already got things already set up and in line. And for me to go up here and move, I think it's, I think it's a, a couple million dollars. Kyle, what he's really telling you is New Orleans really paid that last contract. Sure well, did. the thing is, and not only that, did. but I, I also just <laughs> end with it, yes. That your best really players paid. never leave. Because you don't let your best players walk out. If Wes had just brought this up and proposed this to the room, yeah. I would have been waiting for you to say, it's a business, right? It's yeah. a business. They would, have turned around and, they would have turned their back on him. They'll cut him at their convenience. So it's yeah. a business. That, that's what I would have. Now, you're right. There's a twist. Right, they stuck by him. He was one of those guys that failed a drug test at the combine, uh, which you know cast a lot of questions and doubts about him. But I just would have thought that you would have been a hey, it's a business. Guy. He missed a year, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He didn't just fail it at That's the combine, yeah. no, my man. That's true. No. He hit the home run ball in the season. He had true. multiple. True. Yeah, Mo- like three or four. That we know about. Yeah, this is not just a one-time. Just a little surprise. That's all. Just a little bit surprised. And that's why I brought it up. I had to get other people's opinion. Roman also emphasized he went to Colorado. Yeah. See, and that's the other thing too. Somebody earlier said that's the worst thing he could have done. I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? Best place for him. Thank you. Because now, if he's out of the if he's out of the system, and they've changed and lightened the NFL rules when it comes to smoking marijuana, then he's. He's like, where, bro, I'm, I'm as good as I'm going to be good. It's probably where he should be. It's, it's probably where he should be. Yeah. So, I, mean, I know two former Broncos that are in the business in yeah, Colorado. Absolutely. I don't I mean, blame them. A lot, it's a cash lot of NFL guys in Vegas. It's a cash There's a lot of money out there. Did you yeah. see the uh, HBO Real Sports story? Uh, was it uh, Big Al? Um, oh, Big no, Al, Al Harrington. Harrington. Al Harrington. The basketball yeah. player. Uh, Iverson is basically his front man. He's sort of his pitch man for this, even though Allen does not smoke and hasn't since he was, since he was a teenager. Um, it is fascinating. Like, Al is <laughs> printing money up there, dude. I'm telling you. He ain't the only one. The guy uh, went to Hall of Fame a year ago is printing money uh-huh. in, yeah. De- in Detroit. <laughs> That's what he just said. He went to Georgia Tech, got that degree, and now prints money in Detroit. Yeah, yeah he does. I, there, I, there are a lot of fans out there would be shocked, probably, to find out just how many former players are deeply invested, very successful in that. Because it's a, it's a growth area. Like, you, like it is. Wes mentioned earlier, a lot of folks make a lot cow, of man. money. Why would right I turn now. it down? It's a cash crop. <laughs> well, I turn it down. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, right, it's crazy. Down. Like in my little conservative town in Virginia, like the first, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A dispensary just opened up. There it in is. In Christiansburg, Virginia. And I'm just marveling at the picture. Like how did we, get, I mean, just couldn't believe that. We're, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks I'm so ago. so glad like, I brought this up. I know. So like Randy, <laughs> Randy Gregory, Gregory is where he should be. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to end it on this, but I do feel kind of obligated, even though I'm hesitant that it could be dated by the time I even post this thing tonight. Deshaun Watson. Thank uh, you. That's we, my I, I know you wanted yes. to go there. So, I mean, Deshaun Watson. Thank Watt, you. I don't, this, is, this is an uncomfortable conversation. I, I know because I'm having it for four hours a day right now. I was now. like, it's crazy. I'm probably hearing people's opinions and, right and, now. You know, Wes, real quick. Fortunately, you know, I had a little bit of foresight last year that when all of it came down, I said, you know what? I'm just going to wait and see what the courts say. I don't, I'm not going to have a big opinion. I agree with that. I'm, I'm not, going, I said the same I'm not thing. coming it's out great. strong. I wasn't there. I don't know. These are delicate, sensitive topics. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait to see what the courts say. And, right. what the, and what the grand jury told us on Friday was they didn't find enough evidence to, to charge him with a crime. Sure. That's and what I know. That's here, and I think all we can do at this point is prospect the thing. Right. Okay. Uh, do I think he plays again in the league? Absolutely. Um, do I think he's successful in the league? Absolutely. But they're going to be – off-field, on-field consequences. You know, we were talking before we started about will he be suspended at some point, whether there is – Say it ain't so, Wes. 
Come on, Roman. Say it ain't Roman, so. You know guys who've never been indicted, who've never been charged or so. convicted do get suspended in the league <laughs> for code happen. of conduct. It's the worst rule. It's so Okay, true. again, negotiated <laughs> in the CBA. When you get involved in the that, PA, you can words negotiate so, it. Those two words are so – But you can negotiate it. You're, you're right. You get what you negotiate. It's yeah, no different than a company handbook, man. That's we it. all got to deal with them. It's there. <laughs> I mean, you sign the agreement. You pay the union dues. You know how it works. You might okay. think the rules are stupid, but you agree to it. Hey, so all I'm saying is this. Where he ends up is going to be fascinating because of the off-field stigma and the off-field mm -hmm. situation. Be there forever. But – Who's he going to play with? And how is that inventory going to work around him? Because you don't go someplace you don't want to do what? Win. Thank you. Yep. And, and Win. The, and that's the thing today is that on top of, and I said it again today, there is discomfort built into this conversation because mm -hmm. there's still lingering 22 civil litigation cases that haven't been resolved. There's a fair question of would that many different women tell the same or similar version of that story without there being something to this. But at the same time, in the eyes of the law, he's, he's innocent. He hasn't committed a crime. So he's employable, and he has a right to work. And the Panthers or the Falcons or the Saints or Browns. the Cleveland Browns, somebody's going to employ him. The Browns are in it? Soon. The Browns are in? Uh, at least on the surface. I'm not sure if I, I don't think he wants to play in a cold-weather city. But then again, I don't know him that well. So I doubt um, it. If he had a choice, why yeah. would he? But the thing is, like, regardless of what they give up and where he ends up, wherever he goes, at least for a time, I believe it's going to look a lot like Michael Vick when he showed up in Philadelphia. There will be women's rights groups showing up and protesting the stadium. There will be activists out there with signs. And, like, whoever signs him has to be ready to deal with that because it's coming. You know, Panthers fans telling me every day on the, on the text line, if they sign him, they trade for him, I, I'll never root for this team again, at least not until he's gone. Well, I'm not going to tell you how to feel or what to do, but I've acknowledged a lot of people seem to feel that way, and we'll see. Because at the end of the day, to Wes's point, uh, we had we watched Ben Roethlisberger get a hero send-off in Thank Pittsburgh you. in his final night in the stadium. And what we talked about earlier was this also as well, Kyle, was that this, this whole situation is a lot closer to Ben Roethlisberger than it is Mike Vick. And so I think Correct. the response of when yeah, he comes absolutely. back will be very similar as well, which you're still going to have people say and be mad forever. That Ben Roethlisberger was da da da, and no matter how great Deshaun will Deshaun Watson will be after when he gets back, I look watching him sit not even on the sidelines, but just sit at home last year and make forty something million dollars was bananas. All right, and the fact that nobody did anything, the NFL didn't suspend him, like nothing was done, and he's had to just sit for a whole year because of these accusations, and then to come out once he was found, not they didn't find enough to charge him with anything. At this point, it is fair game. And the teams are coming in, and they want this kid has a lot of value being 26 years old and a bona fide superstar. The biggest thing is, is that, all right, he will be the face of our franchise. Right. And what cleans up all that stuff? Winning. Thank you. That's what Ben Roethlisberger did. So when, and he goes out on the hero's welcome, the hero's send off, like you were saying, Kyle. I know, but in, right before they talk about those two Super Bowls that he won, mm -hmm. it will always be linked to the charge, wherever that was. Milledgeville, Georgia. Middle, where there, yeah, there, in Georgia. That is always something people always bring up. And it's going to be the same thing with Deshaun. You just got to understand that, and I hope he learns from that. And, and but going his community, forward. and you know this too, the reason Roth And can I just say that it is weird that he had like 22 different masseuses or however Probably many. Closer to like, like 40. Yeah. yeah, that is a little yeah. different. I will say that. But you also know this too, because you saw it happen with other guys in the league. The community exposure that those guys then go put themselves into to kind of repair mm -hmm. that scarred reputation mm -hmm. is real. Yes. 
And that can change. I mean, I agree. the Mike Vick that was sent to Leavenworth in 2007 is not the Mike Vick in 2022. It's he not tells you it's the best thing to happen. It tells you. Well, right. it wasn't the best thing, but he's like, dude, I was kind of wild. I mean, and I was like. When they closed the Georgia Dome, they rode Michael Vick around with Roddy White on the back of a Mustang when the building was closed. <laughs> and it was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. And all had been, quote, forgiven. Yeah. Right? And I think the same thing happened with Ben. It happened. Right. It's happened with everybody. Yeah. For the most part. Mm-hmm. And it, God willing, it'll be for Deshaun Watson the same thing. Yeah. But only Deshaun Watson. And see, and to this point too, Deshaun Watson hasn't had the mea culpa. Right. Interview. Right. He's with, not had that mea culpa. Is that coming? I mean, he hadn't had on the couch with Oprah yet. Right. Okay. But that's what he's going to have to go through. Vic did it. Roethlisberger did it. Ultimately, that happened. It's probably not going to happen until he signs with a new team. thousand percent. No, it can't happen because there's got to be a plan in place. And I would imagine that part of the pitch, you know, wherever they are meeting with the Panthers, the Saints, is some, at least some mention of what that looks like uh, because that's going to be a big part of that. It's do, you, to, to, do you know where the Panthers met him at? No, they didn't invite me. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't there. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I don't know where anybody met anybody. All I know is that, you know, like everybody else, they met and uh, they Saints may. Saints met him in Houston. They may or may not trade for him. I, I think there's. Oh, see, listen to that what breaking news. What did you say? Saints <laughs> met him in Houston. How about that? Yeah, Roman Harper. How about that? <laughs> you can't get this from Mike Hoss. You can't get this kind of information from people in New Orleans. Wow. You got to come to Charlotte to get information on New Orleans. How about that, man? By the way, since this comes full circle here real quick, uh, Jeff Duncan, who you know probably in New Orleans, mm-hmm. posted earlier on Twitter, he said, if Tulane alum, Lake Charles native, and former Saints executive Terry Fontenot beats his mentor and longtime friend Mickey Loomis to the punch on a trade for Deshaun Watson, it's going to ramp up the Saints-Falcons rivalry even more for these next few years. No doubt. To which Sean Payton replied on Twitter simply, rivalry. That's all all your voice said. I love Sean. Hold on. on. We've done very well for however many minutes we've been here doing this. Yeah. That Harper and I have been pretty clean. That is true. We have not brought up that. I came in the crib and I said, hey, look, I did the Katrina game. Yeah. His first year, I did the Katrina game on radio for Atlanta. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. That was my third year doing the games. I did the Katrina game. That was Harp's first home game on yeah. Monday night. No and I didn't even understand the ramifications of that game because I, I was a rookie. No, you did I, I was just Tirico, happy to see Mike Vick. Mike, Tarico and I, to this day, and tarico has been far more environments than yeah. I have, it's the loudest building I've ever been in, bar none. I believe it. <laughs> uh, I believe and, it. In fact, Archer says the 85 Bears weren't coming out of there that night winning. Yeah, it, That's not a lie. Mike, so I met – I know Mike Vick pretty well, and yeah. his wife – was like she's like I've been to like all so many games of Mike. She's like, literally before kickoff, I was like, "There's no way we're gonna win this game." Being in that stadium at that, hey. she, she's like, "I never had this feeling ever, never." It's like I, that night, I was like, "There's no way." I went this down game. on the field before the game, and I looked at McKay, and I said, "Rich, we're not coming out. Here. <laughs> not happening." Because nobody worked in that town that day. Uh, nobody worked in that town. You could have robbed every bank in New uh, Orleans that day because nobody was working. I nobody. It was it was, everybody was glued in. It literally. They were in the streets. They was at 11 a.m. They were incredible. in the streets. I, I could believe that. Oh was, my I could believe God. that. That was the first time I'd ever like been in New Orleans really since. Because, you know, we had training camp off in Mississippi. I was there for rookie camp for just a little bit. And then a little bit before there the house. Is. Looking for a house. But that was it. But yeah. now you're going to talk about Mickey Loomis and Terry Fontenot. 
don't forget, I also did the game in Atlanta during the regular season when the undefeated Panthers came to the Georgia Dome that day. Okay. That and Julio sense. Jones caught it over the top of Luke Keekley and took it to the end zone. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah, that was – Yeah, I remember that. that was, I can't believe we lost – well, I can't believe it. It was the best thing that happened for us. The coaches' buttholes were getting so tight. <laughs> they – Oh my God! It was getting anything ridiculous. else you want me to hit here, Kyle? It was getting ridiculous, I think Kyle. That's about a while. I mean, is that, is that where we're gonna go, dude. Just, it literally, the more and more we won, the more and more we were like just trying to recreate the wheel because we gotta stay. Like I'm just like, dude, like that's incredible. It's okay. Here's what we'll like, go it's on. Okay. Here's what we'll go All on. Right, here's we're gonna finish. We're on gonna this. finish on After this. After that, we're I, finishing on. I, this. I just have to ask. It's not even a thing. I just have to ask because we're we're doing this again. This is fun. This is I'm awesome. not coming back. Oh, well, never mind. We're <laughs> I'm not doing I'm this. I'm kidding. Again. I'm kidding. I'll come back. <laughs> no, but the uh, did you start Righteous Gemstones yet? Did you start the yes. show? Yes, you did. Have you seen Righteous Gemstones on HBO? No. He looks at me like indignant. What funny. is it really? John Goodman, uh, cast. Uh, it's basic. Watch Righteous Gemstones. I think it's up your alley. I think is it like online? It. Is HBO. it HBO? It's HBO? Uh, yeah. It's uh, HBO Max. Yeah. HBO. It's basically John Goodman as the uh, patriarch of a uh, a mega church. Yeah. Oh, really? And it features oh, yeah, Danny, yeah, yeah. Danny and he's McBride. Got a whole, and his kids are freaking. Think like a maniacs. combination. And I, I don't mean this with any offense to anybody, <laughs> but it is what it is. The, the Grams, the Austins, the you know the the mega church. Austins yeah. out of uh, and uh, what's the big one out of uh, Louisiana too? He's a big one. Too. Yeah. There's a there's a couple. It, it's one oh, of my favorite gosh. things HBO's ever done. Righteous and, gemstones. And if you grew up it's in the Carolinas, funny. you will appreciate. Oh, take it. a cat. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> they got signs for everything. I mean, they got landmarks to make you feel. Oh, oh, God. If you love the Carolinas, you will dude. love this show on top of it. So my favorite. I just thought that might be right up your alley. But right. this was awesome, buddy. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, guys. Wes, thanks, man. Coming by the crib. Man. Anytime. You. There you go. Yeah. We'll not, do it again. Not often, but anytime. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, we got to go. That's we'll like the transfer portal. Time. Yeah, we'll talk to you next time. For our buddy Wes Durham, Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other.